Welcome back to another MicroConf Refresh episode of the MicroConf Podcast. Today, we dive in to a talk given in a recent MicroConf remote called Using No Code to Build Your Audience. And this talk is from Jay Klaus, who's the founder of the Tweet 100 Community and Challenge that encourages folks to increase their engagement and voice through Twitter. The community, the challenge, and page are all built using no code. You don't need to build a marketing operation within your stack. No code can solve most of the challenges you have. Before we dive into his talk, I want to let you know that our next round of MicroConf Local events are scheduled for this summer. MicroConf Local Chicago is on June 21st. And MicroConf Local in Denver is June 23rd. If you want to meet local bootstrappers in your hometown or want to make a short trip to join us, head to microconf.com slash locals to sign up. And you can use promo code ONAIR10 for $10 off your ticket price. I hope to see you there. And with that, let's dive into using no code to build your audience by Jay Klaus. So in a minute, I'm going to welcome Jay Klaus to the stage. He's a writer. He's a podcaster and a community builder. He hosts Creative Elements, which is a narrative interview podcast exploring how your favorite creators make a living with their art and creativity. He created the Tweet 100, which is a hashtag, hashtag Tweet 100, as a side project to help people build their audience on Twitter. And in his talk today, he's going to be talking about using no code to build an audience. He's going to share how he built a free challenge that led to more than a thousand new subscribers in a matter of weeks. So let's give a warm microconf welcome to Jay Klaus. Hey, thanks for hey. having me, Rob. Excited yeah. to be here. I'm, it's great to have you, man. Thank you so much for doing it. And uh, I'm going to duck backstage and let you take it from here. Sounds great. Sounds great. Hello, everybody. Uh, thrilled to be here at microconf. And I know I'm the last thing sitting between you and feeling like you completed this conference. So I hope to make this worthwhile um, and, and really share with you some of the things I've learned using no code this year and how it's helped me to build a little bit more of an online audience. Uh, as Rob said, my name is Jay. I host a podcast called Creative Elements, talking to high pro uh, high profile creators about how they make a living from their art and creativity. Um, I write a newsletter. I created this challenge, which has taken on a life of its own and was really intended to be a true side project. Um, this Tweet 100 idea is really simple. The idea is you just come in. I help you uh, stay accountable and tweet more consistently because the more you tweet, the more your following grows on Twitter. So it's really just a simple landing page, at least that's how it started, where you can opt in with your email address, you tweet using the hashtag, hashtag tweet 100. It counts uh, your progress and scores you on this leaderboard, which is public, it's all automated, it happens in real time, and it calculates how many days have you been in the challenge, how many days, how many days have you tweeted, and what is your success rate. It even shows some fun things like the number of followers that you've gained over time, uh, what that is as a growth percentage. It's really fun, and it's a totally free thing for people to participate in. In just a couple of months, there's over a thousand members. Uh, I checked this morning; there's actually more than thirty thousand tweets sent now, and just shy of a hundred thousand followers gained as of this morning. So huge results for a lot of people. It grew really quickly, and really just came from me sharing the challenge on Twitter. I don't push it all that hard, but there's kind of a natural virality to it. When people see the hashtag, they find their way to it, they join it. It's been really, really crazy to see. We have a hall of fame of people who have finished the challenge. So if you have a perfect 100 out of 100 score here in the leaderboard, which is built in Airtable, you get added to the hall of fame page. And you can see here, there's some crazy results. 
Uh, people have grown as many as 4,000 followers in their 100 days. Some of them are growing at like hundreds or thousands of percent growth, uh, which is easier, obviously, if you have a smaller number to start with, but it's been really, really impactful for a lot of people. And there's been just a lot of love, a lot of people saying, this has been incredible. This is how it changed my, my life, my Twitter following crazy. But why did I make this in the first place? So I have this podcast, Creative Elements, that I was telling you about. It's been featured on Stitcher and Pocket Cast and Castro and Apple Podcasts. I've been able to talk to really cool people like Seth Godin and James Clear, uh, Ali Abdal, Vanessa Van Edwards, Pat Flynn. It's the best thing that I've ever made. Like I'm more proud of this podcast than anything else that I've ever made. But podcasting has a discovery problem. It is so hard to figure out how to get people to find your podcast because there is not the user behavior of search the way we see on Google or YouTube platforms like that. So I had this problem. I have a podcast. I have a funnel that I want people to enter so they can discover the podcast. Like how do I get people to figure out that this thing exists and to give it a shot? I thought about this for a while and tried a bunch of stuff, tried paid ads, tried guesting, tried cross promos. Some of that worked to different degrees, but where I've landed is I've added a step on top of the podcast funnel, which I'm calling for the sake of this presentation, the J funnel. If people discover you, they can discover your product. And that's what I want you to take away here. If you have a product where you feel like I want more people to know that this thing exists, how do I get it in front of more people? You can use yourself as the top of the funnel for product discovery. So now, you know, I have all these ways into the, the J funnel, the me funnel. I have my writing, I have communities I'm a part of, I have podcasts that I can go be a guest on. I have my social media accounts like Instagram and Twitter, uh, YouTube channels. If I want to go guest on someone's YouTube channel, I've chosen to focus a lot on Twitter because in my opinion, there's still more uh, opportunity on Twitter than just about any other platform, unless you want to do short form video. But that kind of creates this new problem of, okay, I'm feeling like top, top, top of the funnel with social followers, people who know that I exist, people who are looking at my writing on Twitter, but how do I move them into email subscribers? How do I move them into the podcast funnel? These, these areas of um, my world as a creator where I can reliably communicate with them. So it kind of brought me to thinking about, okay, what are the opt-ins that I can create? What are the lead magnets that I can create to get people to sign up for my email list? And traditionally, the advice for lead magnets are things like checklists, resource guides, case studies, eBooks. None of that stuff works anymore. <laughs> it worked once upon a time and it was great and it was a golden age, but just about none of those kind of like quick hit, downloadable PDF type things work anymore. Consumers know the game. We expect more in return for our email list. There are some lead magnets that still do work, uh, notably email courses, challenges, quizzes, free community membership. I've tried and utilized all of these things. Um, this is where I see opportunity right now. And of course, Tweet 100 falls into the challenge category. But let me talk about all of these as an example. And if we take a step further, you see examples of people like Neil Patel, 
who, you know, he is all about audience growth, all about marketing. What he does is he actually creates full on software platforms as lead generation for his paid products. He knows that if he creates a free software platform that is a competitor to a paid software platform, he will get a lot of people who will trade their email address to use that platform. SEO Analyzer is one. Ubersuggest is one. Ubersuggest is a competitor of Ahrefs and uh, SEMrush. And when you search your domain, he puts you know right in your face, create a free account and you get these things. It's a lot more compelling than, hey, get a 11-point checklist of how to do this type of thing that you want to do. Brian Harris is someone else who also does this really well. He has a company called Growth Tools, and they offer mostly high-ticket coaching, actually. It's like $10,000 a year or something to work with his team to uh, help you build a digital products business. But he actually has this suite of software products that are free that, again, to get access to it, you just have to sign up with your email. Uh, he has, looks like, nine. Drip scripts, attract, go viral, list goal. And they're all actually really, really good and really useful. You can kind of do this. You can build your own products that people trade their email address for using no code. Uh, it doesn't have to be super, super in-depth. You guys are all uh, SaaS people, so you get it. You get the, the value prop of all of this. But you can build kind of a scaled-back product or experience using no code that people are more likely to trade their email address for than you know a simple PDF. This is the stack that I used to build the Tweet 100 Challenge. You subscribe, you opt in using ConvertKit. Um, we add you to an Airtable database. Uh, using Integramat, we track your tweets and we add you to that database. The whole website is built on WordPress and we have a community built on Circle. All of it, 100% of it is no code. It's all stuff that I built out with a, a little bit of help from a couple of consultants. Um, notably, Integramat was new to me. I used to use Zapier, uh, sorry, Zapier. But Zapier got really expensive really quickly. We can talk about that in the Q&A if you want. Integramat was much more cost-effective for the number of automations that I was running. So I want to share a couple of examples for each of these things that still do work. Uh, just to get your ideas uh, kind of rolling, your brains flowing. Email courses. This has been uh, very easy to implement. It's a huge unlock. And you really only need one tool. You can just use whatever EMS you prefer, ConvertKit, Drip, MailChimp, whatever you prefer. You can create a sequence that uh, can be really high impact, really high value. And the great thing is if you're delivering information via email to start the relationship with somebody and they're opening those emails, it's training their inbox that they want to hear from you, which is just really great for the ongoing communication that you want to have with these people. I do this on my freelancing school website. Super easy, super simple. It's just a convert kit form on the web page. It's the most uh, active and highly performing landing page and form that I have in my business. Uh, every day, dozens of people go through this, enter their email, get put into a sequence. At the end of the sequence, it upsells them on uh, a paid course, and that converts at a certain rate. Similarly, literally this morning before I came here, uh, I got an email from Fabrizio, who is a founder of Typefully, really great tool for Twitter. And he was just saying, hey, we have this new email course for how you, you can uh, get better on Twitter. And I opted in right away. I'm pretty stingy with my email address, to be honest. 
Uh, obviously, he already has my email because I'm on this list. But even if I saw this on, you know, in a tweet or on Product Hunt, this is a very clear value proposition. Um, it feels like something I can complete and get value from immediately. So I opted in. Challenges work really well. I've done this within the uh, freelancing school community. This is obviously the Tweet 100 inspiration. You can do this also very, very simply with uh, just your EMS. Uh, you can add on Circle if you want to have kind of like a community component or any community tool. But challenges often work better in a group. So if you can have some sort of way to have people interact or maybe you do like a weekly Zoom call so people can chat with each other, that type of thing performs really well too. This is what we have now built on the back of the Tweet 100 challenge. If you go through the free challenge and you want to have some extra accountability, you can join our community, the Tweet 100 Social Club, to get a little bit of an extra push, and that is built totally on Circle. Quizzes are something that I'm really, really bullish on. Haven't had a chance to like really put one together that I'm happy with yet. But there are several tools that help you do this really well, several no-code tools, Outgrow, Interact, even WriteMessage can be used as a tool software. If I was going to make a choice, I would probably start with Interact uh, right now. That's what uh, people like Tori, Tori Dunlap use. She built her, her content business, her first 100, sorry, her first 100K just this past you know few years. And I had her on Creative Elements, it hasn't aired yet but she was telling me that her quiz literally drives like a huge percentage of her business because when she has some sort of media opportunity or she has some sort of piece of content go viral, the clear call to action is, hey, go take this quiz. And a, a, a large number of people do that because it tells them something about themselves. If they want to self-diagnose, hey, here is the pathway that you should take forward. Here's what you should do next. A quiz is a really great way to assist that. We've seen it with BuzzFeed for a really long time. People love to take a quiz, get results, know something about themselves, and not only that, but then share those results as well. And that can create a really great social viral component to your content. So quizzes are something that I really, really recommend looking into. And these tools, uh, once again, outgrow, interact, and write message, help you do that really easily right out of the box. And then community. Community can even be used as a top of funnel or opt-in sort of lead magnet exercise. I have that with uh, Circle. I use Circle, but you can use Discord. You can use Mighty Networks. Um, getting access to a community of people where I can build relationships, where I can get support, ask questions, to offer that for free is also very high value. I've been doing that with freelancing school for a few years now, and it's been really, really, really effective because freelancers come in, they have questions, they want support, they want to learn from other freelancers, but they also don't have a ton of disposable income. So making the community free builds a relationship, gets them on my email list. I can offer uh, them even a promo code for being a community member to uh, go into one of the paid courses, but you know, it's high value and they can get that for free. So the question that I think you should be asking yourself if you're trying to build your audience or get more people to discover your product or give you the opportunity to talk about your product 
what experience or outcome can you make that is worth paying for, but then you make it available for free? If you can do that, that's going to outperform any of the old lead magnet or opt-in pieces of advice. Being able to create something that's worth paying for, but then offering it for free is a huge opportunity. People love that. People share that. They opt in for that. So in conclusion here, when discovery for your product is hard, consider using yourself as the top of the funnel. Use your voice, use your social media platforms, use your ideas, get them into your sphere, and then try to move them through the funnel down to your product. I would recommend selecting a social media platform that you really like and dedicate a disproportionate amount of your social energy to that one platform. It's really hard to do a bunch at once. So pick one, get really good at it. Use that as your, you know, tippy top of funnel, and then you can focus on converting those followers into subscribers or customers. Leverage stronger lead magnets for that conversion, stronger than the typical advice would tell you. Uh, courses, challenges, quizzes, communities, that is what I would recommend. And strive to create a product experience or outcome that you can provide for free even though you think it might be worth paying for. That's it. Uh, happy to do some Q&A here uh, to answer some of your questions about this or dive deeper into any of these areas that you're interested in. If you are on Twitter and you want to get better or spend more time there, you can join Tweet100 for free. Uh, but otherwise, connect with me there, and I'm happy to chat about this further. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jay. Um, we do have a couple questions that uh, have started coming in. If you're watching this and you have more questions for Jay, please, please weigh in. So the first question, uh, actually, the, both of them are about Integromat. And I'm actually curious about this too, because I, before last week, I had never even heard of, heard of it, you know, and I've been using Zapier since, I don't know, 2013 or something. So um, the first question, what was the approximate price difference between Integromat and Zapier? It was pretty huge. Um, yeah. Within a couple of weeks of launching the Tweet 100 challenge and having it being completely Zapier based, my Zapier bill was up to $300 per month, uh, trending towards $400 per month. In previous to that, it was like, you know, 40 or something like it was, it was sub 50. Mm -hmm. So it was a drastic increase. Integramat, uh, you pay for operations in bulk. So I was basically moved to a, a $49 per month plan and taking care of the same volume. Um, they have a $99 plan that's still more than I need right now. What's great about Integramat is if you are above the $49 plan, but you don't need the $99 plan, you can buy extra operations for $8, like a la carte. So I'm paying about $60 a month right now um, on Integramat. Got it. And I mean, aside from price, are there other reasons to use Integramat or is it kind of a lower cost sapier? Um, it's a good question. I haven't run into any issues of like not having a no code tool supported by Integramat in total. Like if I'm a SaaS company, I'm probably going to support Zapier first, mm -hmm. but the issues that I run into with Integramat are sometimes they don't have uh, a trigger. So a lot of their, their automations are based on I don't know if it's a polling, but you basically say like, run this automation every six minutes or however many minutes you want to set. And there's some levers because then you have to set like a limit of how many records to comb through when I run this mm -hmm. automation. So we had a period of time in the beginning of the, the migration from Zapier to 
uh, Integramat, where we had to pull these levers to see like, what is the frequency we need to run this to make sure we're capturing everything, but we're not, you know, paying for the same record to be operationalized multiple times over and over again. Got it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Seems like a tool worth worth checking out at a minimum. Um, there's a comment. Thank you for the presentation, Jay. Great background, by the way. Your studio <laughs> looks awesome. It's like you're a professional. Like you're a yeah. professional. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like you do this for a living. Um, there, we have a question about the circle conversion. Uh, yeah. Would you say the circle conversion from free to paid is worth your time for the free offering? Does that make sense? Well, so... Yeah, the, the thing I love about Circle is it's really modular, so you can really set permissions to have free areas of Circle and then have locked, gated, paid areas of Circle. I haven't done that configuration as purely a community product, you know, to say like, hey, come experience the product for free, the community for free, uh, but if you want to get access to the paid areas of Circle, here's the pay, how to pay for that. I've only done completely free Circle instances or paid Circle instances. I, I would say, however, that it's probably worth your time to go from free to paid if you're willing to do the work that is necessary to do community well, which is like a huge amount of work. It's, it's very difficult to do community well and to build a community that's worth paying for over the long term. And is, I mean, I've heard of Circle and I heard, you know, I know the, the basics, but um, maybe I don't even know the basics. I know it's a community platform. Is it like, is it forums? Is it live chat? Like I yeah. think of Slack and Discord as one thing. And then, you know, the old, well, not the old, but like Discourse, I believe yeah. is the is the forums. I mean, wh wh where is it on that continuum? Yeah. In my mind, the continuum is chat-based versus forum-based. Yeah. And Circle is definitely in the forum-based camp. It's, okay. It feels like a more modern discourse. Mm -hmm. um, it has almost... In the original version of it, it felt kind of like a Facebook group feed feel, but you can have multiple spaces within it. I'm really, really bullish on that product and that team. They need to continue to make strides to have more synchronous style communication mm -hmm. feel natural and native to the platform. But they have the use case of content creators, of people like you and I, Rob, in mind. And it's the first platform that I felt like really confident is going to solve this issue of online community spaces that support both chat-based communication and forum-based communication. Got it. Very good. Uh, another question came in. Does Twitter work for B2B marketing? I think Twitter works for anything. Um, I mean, you know your people better than I would, of course, dear asker. But if you, uh, the people who are operating in the B2B marketing space are on Twitter, then absolutely. Because Twitter, I think, is unparalleled in terms of forming relationships if those people are on Twitter. Uh, access is just so easy. There is more organic growth and like discovery and impressions of your profile than any other platform right now. I will say like LinkedIn probably has more opportunity than people give it credit for, especially in the B2B space. Um, so I, I wouldn't rule that out for your use case. But if your people in that industry are on Twitter, then absolutely it would be worth your time. Yeah. And it seems to me like obviously tech both like Silicon Valley tech and then outside of Silicon Valley tech, like the bootstrapper space is on Twitter, the press, especially tech press, but even not tech press is on there. And it seems like there's a lot of makers and creators, you know, the indie indie makers like yourself. Do you, th that's my impression of like, okay, those people are on there. My parents, my brothers, my family's not on there. Even like, you know, my wife, Sherry, who's tech adjacent, right? She's a coach and consultant. She's like, 
kind of only on there because she thinks she needs to be, <laughs> but it's not, sure. she doesn't like actually, you know, she's more on Instagram. That's just where she goes. goes to. Um, in your opinion, are there other segments that you've seen that are, are on Twitter and engaging? That's pretty dead on. There are a lot of people in uh, entertainment on Twitter also, which yeah, probably isn't super relevant to this audience. Right. But uh, yeah, tech, finance, money. I do see um, uh, a lot of arts on there. Education is really strong on there. Uh, I think that there's a lot of like speaking and, you know, other types of business performance, mm -hmm. but it is pretty business heavy in my mm -hmm. experience. But I'll, I'll tell you what I've been really blown away by this year as I put more energy into Twitter. I spent years building my email list and that's been an incredible asset to build, but I've probably generated more income from a few tweets that, you know, caught attention that were related mm -hmm. to a product I was selling than I have through my email list this year. That's it's, interesting. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I wouldn't expect that usually. It's, it just seems like that audience um, is willing to pay for things that they want mm -hmm. more so than other platforms. Like I wouldn't expect I would have that same success on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I would agree. Were the things you were selling on Twitter, were they like courses and eBooks and such? Courses to some degree, but mostly like workshops. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've changed a lot of my digital products strategy this year from giant in-depth course that I spend months developing and then, you know, uh, charge a couple hundred dollars for to, um, more specific in-depth dense hour to two hour long workshops that I can charge a fraction of the price for. So on a unit by unit basis, it's really easy for me to say, yeah, this is going to be worth $40 for your time. You're going to get a ton out of this. And at a level of scale, it can be even more impactful to me as the creator if I'm getting that in front of enough people. Mm -hmm. well, that's fascinating. Yeah, I have um, a lot, you know, I'm such a proponent of email lists. I mean, one of the reasons that I built Drip was because totally. there, were, there wasn't a great tool out there. I mean, MailChimp was fine, but it didn't do what I needed it. Um, and I had always found that, you know, email engagement is is more than, than social. But to your point, there are instances where, especially if you get some virality, where it just outpaces far outpaces the the built-in reach that you have it's very it's very public and a lot yeah. of times um it's a momentum game so if if you build a name for yourself in a space and i, I built a little bit of a name for myself in the community space so when i shared hey i'm doing a workshop on uh, a community building crash course a lot of people were like oh this is awesome i'm in and you can see all these people saying i'm in which just I don't know if it creates hype or FOMO, but it's very public and people see it. And so they, they also want to enroll in that journey. Uh, whereas email, someone would have to go out of their way to share on social publicly the fact that they enrolled in this thing, which of course you want them to do, but they're not going to do it in as much numbers as social. Right. Because it's switching mediums. Anytime you ask someone to switch mediums, this is why like Facebook ads don't work. I say don't. I've never seen nor heard of them working for to grow your podcast. Right. That's a, totally. something you and I both want to do yep. is grow a podcast. And I look deep into how to do this, even if I need to throw money at it. And if someone's on Facebook, they're, they're just not going to click that and then open their phone. You know, it just it really doesn't happen in the numbers that you need it. Similarly, like you're saying, someone's reading an email. It's solo. It's in their inbox versus if they're reading it on Twitter, they know they're in a public space. And the, the, the Tweet 100 challenge has been kind of a gift for the podcast because I know the people opting into that care about Twitter. So I can serve up in my sequence a couple of episodes that are very twitter centric to say okay you obviously care about twitter here's a conversation i had with david perel here's a conversation i had with dickie bush of ship 30 um and it's a very easy like oh yeah i do want to listen to that because it's aligned with my interests right now 
And that's been a really good thing for the podcast this year. Um, more so than I expected, to be honest. Very cool. Well, thanks, Jay. If folks want to keep up with you, creativeelements.fm. Of course, your podcast is called Creative Elements, and they can follow you on Twitter at jklaus, C-L-O-U-S-E. Thanks so much for joining us at MicroConf today. Thanks, Rob. All right. And with that, we're going to ease into our wrap-up here. Um, we have a couple, I just have a couple housekeeping notes. You can hang around in gather as long as you'd like the challenge will end at 2 p.m eastern what is it 12 30 right now sorry i'm doing math in my head yeah so about nine, another 90 minutes and then uh the challenge will wrap up but feel free to hang out do a little hallway track in the meantime you will be getting a survey in your email inbox shortly after the event ends we'd appreciate your feedback and input um, if you, whether you're aware or not, this is the third MicroConf remote and we have dramatically changed the format each time. We've changed the themes each time because, you know, in startups and in bootstrapping, it's a perpetual, uh, refinement and it's perpetual experimentation that where we can figure out what works, what doesn't, what you like about the platform, what you like about the, you know, how the schedule is arranged, what you like about the individual, um, speakers, just all, all the things. And so we would very much appreciate if you took, I think it's like three minutes or something to, to fill out the survey, because that helps us make the event better so that if you, you know, when you attend in the future, um, it'll, it'll be an event that, that, you know, lives up to what you're looking for. I want to thank again, thank our sponsors, Hey, Stripe, and Quiet Light. These are our, our headline and brokerage partners, uh, you know, for this year, next year, and we really thank them for their support of Bootstrapped and mostly Bootstrapped founders. And the videos, yes, the, you know, the win videos that were submitted, thanks to everyone for uh, submitting those. They're going to be available on the attendee portal. And with that, oh, videos, oh, video, not the win videos, producers, <laughs> there's updating the other video recordings of the talks will soon be available in the attendee portal. And so um, those will be available, I don't know, in the next week or two. I think we have to, to edit them. And with that, we are going to wrap up MicroConf Remote 3.0. This is our um, our no-code event. And I really appreciate you, you know, not only um, buying a ticket, but participating, asking questions, showing up, and meeting other founders in this time of COVID. We are we know that some folks really want to get to meet in person. And so we are having some in-person events, some local events specifically. And then we know that some other folks, you know, aren't able to travel um, or don't want to travel right now. And that's why we do these remotes twice a year. So thank you so much for showing up, for participating. It's been uh, great having you for the past couple of days. And we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us again this week. We'll be back next week with more interesting microconf and startup and bootstrap and SaaS related content. Some of these episodes, as you know, are refresh episodes where we look back at some of the best talks from the past 11 years of microconf and others are new live streams and other original content. If we're not connected on Twitter, look for at microconf and follow us. Let's connect. And I, of course, am at Rob Walling and I'll talk to you again next week.